This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. For more downloads, go to our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk or join us in person at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. Well, a very good afternoon, everyone. Well, all we like sheep have gone astray. If, if you're familiar with Handel's Messiah, you'll know that these words are, are from that. But more importantly, they're contained in the Bible, God's Word. And the passage which we just read together, Isaiah ch chapter 53 and verse 6, those, those words occur. All we like sheep have gone astray. And that's what I'd like us to consider for our subject this, this, this afternoon. And it's just interesting from the outset just to say that it is a Bible theme that men and women are considered as sheep, spoken of as sheep. And I've just put up a few passages for us to, to, to look at um, or to think about. We don't have to turn these up on, on the screen there. First Kings chapter 22 verse 17 in the Old Testament it says, And he said, I saw all Israel scattered upon the hills as sheep that hath not a shepherd. And the Lord said, These have no, no master. Let, let them return every man to his house in peace. And then another one is Psalm 100, verse, verse 3. It says, Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. So we see those verses speaking of people as sheep. Ezekiel chapter 34 is a chapter which shows God is the, the shepherd, and, and Israel, God's people, are, are classed as sheep. Ezekiel 34 verse 12 says as a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered so will I seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of all places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day and when we read through there's just a, a, a snapshot of some of the passages but when we read those passages we see that God does care for his creation cares for those are who are his his people and i've just got one or two passages now for us to turn up just to continue the theme of the bible speaking to people as people as as, as she and the first one is is matthew chapter 9 and verse 36 matthew chapter 9 and verse 36 and some words of the Lord Jesus Christ himself he says but when Jesus saw the multitudes he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd and as we go through the, the New Testament in the gospel record we see that Jesus is described as God's good shepherd who cares for his flock who cares for the people then another good chapter is John chapter 10 on this theme of how the word of God speaks as people, as sheep and as Jesus, as the good shepherd. John chapter 10 and verse 11. 
says there of Jesus, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. And then verse 16 of the same chapter, it says, Another sheep I have which are not of the fold, them also I must bring, that they shall hear my voice. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd. And there we're seeing straight away that this subject has to do with God's care. So we see that the Bible does speak on this subject and speaks of people as, as sheep. I've this next section, just before we move on, I'd just like us to consider some characteristics of sheep. I've just got this information from, from looking at various documents on the internet. Um, but it's interesting, some of the characteristics of sheep to do with the top one there, hearing. And it's interesting that sheep have excellent hearing and um, they can easily be frightened by sudden loud noises. And it says that generally the handler, it's helpful if the handler or the shepherd speaks in quiet and a calm voice. And just thinking as we go through, thinking of the spiritual meaning for these, the fact that God portrays men and women as sheep, it's interesting. And, and then vision. With vision, the sheep have very good peripheral vision, but their eyeballs are more to the side and they can see all round. But it's interesting to think that they can't really see that well in front of them. It's at one, one publication, which I'm hopeful is right, it says that they can't see very clearly beyond their nose um, immediately in front of them. Um, another thing about sheep is that you could say in certain ways they're foolish and slow to, to learn they're, they're stubborn unpredictable um, and they're animals which are dependent on and, and need of, of protection and perhaps some of those things that, that are on there, there's other things about sheep but maybe we, we begin to see why God in his word in the Bible compares men and women to sheep and the, the main thing that we're considering now is the characteristic of straying because we all know that sheep stray. When we go to the Lake District, we quite often go through roads which are very narrow and sheep are there and they're darting all over the place and away from where they should be. And, and so that God picks out the, this characteristic of straying from, from, from him. And therefore the, the words are are spoken as we've read in Isaiah we all like sheep have gone astray and it says all have gone astray and that means there's no exception so all men and women come into this category all of us are lost and need to return to God that's a very important thing for us to think about and in fact if we turn to the gospel of Luke just back to the gospel of Luke chapter 19 the fact that the mission of Jesus coming into the world is described as as coming to to seek those those that are lost. Luke chapter nineteen and verse ten. Well, this is just we're reading a bit out of context, but verse nine. 
Jesus said unto, unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. And that's speaking about Zacchaeus, who turned to God, turned from his, his previously way, which was away from God. And verse 10, it says, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. So this is a very important part of our subject. To, and to recognize that we, we all as the script as the, as the word of god says we've all gone astray and we're all lost in a need need of 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 turning to god through the lord jesus christ so that's just saying we all we like sheep have all gone astray there's no exception to this and just like us just to think about this that we have all gone astray because it's very important because we have to re if we don't consider that we are lost or we've gone astray we've got no need of what God offers through the Lord Jesus Christ so it, it is a very important subject but if we just turn back to Genesis to the beginning thinking how we all have gone astray from God and, and in need to turn back to him by accepting what he's revealed in his word. But Genesis chapter 2, right at the, the creation record and the creation of man and woman. And Genesis shows how God created the heavens and the earth in six days. And it gives details of Genesis chapter 2 verse 16. Man and woman were placed in the garden, pinnacle of God's creation. And Gen Genesis chapter 2 Verse 16 shows that they could eat of all of the trees of the garden, but there's a commandment given to them. And it says, Genesis 2 verse 16, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. And sadly the record shows how the man and the woman disobeyed this commandment of God. And just... Going quickly through the record, just but just to see how at the effects of this. But Genesis three, chapter three, verse six says, "And the woman saw that the tree was good for for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat." And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. So there we see the disobedience of the man and the woman. And the sentence, when you read the record, we see that the sentence of death, as God had promised to them, would come about if they disobeyed his commandment, came upon them. And if we turn to the New Testament now, just pit the, it sees that we... We, we can learn from the word of God that we're, we're descended from Adam and Eve and, and we have the consequences. We are sinful men and women and like Adam and Eve who we're descended from, we, we are sinful creatures and, and, and of the dust and die. We have that same sentence. Just picking up from Romans chapter 5. And verse 12, it shows the consequence of Adam's sin upon all that followed. 
Romans 5 verse 12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and that's what we've just, we can read of in, Genesis, in the early chapters of Genesis, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And it, the evidence is all around us that we are dying sinful creatures that return to the dust as God promised all we have gone astray and if we just turn to James chapter 1 just seeing that how the word of God the Bible describes what types of creatures we are following in the footsteps of Adam and Eve as their descendants James chapter 1 and verse 13 shows that we are all, all have sinful dying natures which are tempted and which ultimately brings about death James 1 verse 13 says let no man say when he is tempted I am tempted of God for God cannot be tempted with evil neither tempteth he any man but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed then when lust hath conceived it bringeth forth sin and sin when it is finished bringeth forth death so we are all sinful dying creatures and that's not what God wants, wants us to come back to him and, and in the word of God in the Bible offers eternal life and for us to, to receive that we have to turn back to God so with that as a background it's so important I've dwelt on this a little bit because if nothing else one of the things that we hopefully will take away from this talk is that we have all gone astray and the reason why I'm emphasizing this because even in the, in the Bible there's, there's those who didn't think that they'd gone astray they thought they were righteous and but we have to be people who come to understand that we have in our natural state the way we are have gone astray from God so that's why I thought it's useful to think about some we might not turn up all of these but I've put seven or eight passages on there which just show to us how the Bible says to us that we are creatures who have gone astray from God and in need, we need, we need in need of the salvation which God offers in his words the first one is psalm we'll turn to this one psalm 14 and the, the, there's lots of passages we can go to but these are very clear hopefully so psalm 14 verse 2 and 3 the Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. So that's very clear, just like the words that we, in Isaiah, that all have gone astray. That gives us the same message. So turning over to Ecclesiastes chapter 7.
It's useful turning up these references because we see that what we're being taught isn't what man is teaching because man might teach quite the opposite. This is what the word of God teaches about human nature and about the state that we are in because it would be quite we could quite easily deceive ourselves ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 19 wisdom strengtheneth the wise more more than 10 mighty men which are in the city for there is not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sinneth not there's no one who who doesn't sin Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 19. Again, a verse that you may hear if from this platform different times. Jeremiah 17 verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And that again shows the, the, the state which we're in. Just to, as we turn to the New Testament, we're not going to turn to this, but you can maybe look it up yourself at some stage. But Jesus in the Gospels, when, it, when someone comes to him and, and says, Good Master, Jesus said, No one is good but God. None is good but God. None is intrinsically good. But Mark chapter 7, next one I'd like us to turn up Mark chapter 7 verse 21 again speaking about Jesus speaking about what is in the heart of men and women Mark 7 verse 21 for from within out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts adulteries fornication murders very similar to what was was taught in in James chapter 1 verse 22 thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness all these evil things come from within and defile the man so now just some words from Romans Romans chapter 3 just a couple more passages on, on there Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. And here again we're told as we've read in the Old Testament for all have sinned. There's no exception just as we read all have gone astray. So this, the, the consistent message comes across as we read God's word. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So that's the state which we're in. That It, doesn't ex, it includes everybody. Um, and it's interesting, verse 23, there's really a description of sin. It's, sin is doing, disobeying the commandments of God, but also not doing what God requires, falling short of the glory of God and then Romans chapter 7 is a really good chapter to remember because Romans chapter 7 we've got the apostle Paul speaking under inspiration writing down God's word but speaking about his own he he's obviously a godly man but he describes how he struggles it doesn't come naturally 
to, to serve God and he, he speaks about this battle he faces Romans chapter 7 but in his own life to do that which is right and all through Romans 7 he speaks about this battle it, it isn't a natural thing but verse 18 of Romans chapter 7 he says for I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing so his he acknowledges that his state that what he is dwells no good thing he's naturally he's astray from God and ultimately the nature which he has brings forth sin for to will is present with me but how to perform that which is good I find not but taking from that verse Paul says that he, he confesses there that within him dwelleth no good thing but rather sin dwelleth in him as he says earlier earlier on so just turning to Luke chapter 15 now just Jesus going back to the language of, of sheep and, the, and we've got a parable here that you might be familiar with um, the parable of the lost sheep Luke chapter 15 we'll read it just to get some context in it um, Luke chapter 15 verse 1 it says then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him and the Pharisees and the scribes murmured saying this man receiveth sinners and eateth with them and he spake the parable this parable unto them saying what man of you having an hundred sheep if he if he lose one of them doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it and when he hath found it he layeth it on his shoulders rejoicing and he cometh home and he calleth together his friends and neighbours saying unto them rejoice with me for unto, unto them and saying unto them rejoice with me for I have found my sheep which was lost and so there we have the parable of the lost sheep and we see from it that it's important that we recognize our need that we are indeed lost because sadly we see from verse 1 that the Pharisees the religious leaders of the day didn't recognize that they were lost and they, they were talking to Jesus saying why are you eating with publicans and sinners and Jesus is, it's ironic that Jesus is showing to these these religious leaders that that they that they were blind in, in a, in that they deceived themselves and that they were thinking that they were were righteous and we see in the parable we've got a picture here of the shepherd diligently seeking that which is lost and we can ask the question why why did the sheep get lost well and perhaps it tells us something of how we can go astray from God or it, that the sheep the sheep won't, might might have wandered off they could have been distracted by something as we know sheep often are they could have been scared by wild animals and lost lost its way all different ways but the from the parable we see how the shepherds determined to find the missing sheep which tells us something about the purpose of God that God wants men and women to turn back to, to him 
and the word of God shows us that Jesus is the good shepherd sent by God just like Moses in the Old Testament was a shepherd and David, King David was a shepherd to God's people and the conclusion of the parable is verse 7 and it shows the foolishness of the Pharisees because they didn't recognize their, their, that they weren't righteous they were self-righteous and verse 7 says I say unto, unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance so the importance of our subject recognizing that we've all gone astray is shown that because we've all got to recognize that we've got no righteousness of our own but we need to to come to God and through the Lord Jesus Christ we can we, we, we can be made right with with God And it reminds me of a, a parable you may have heard, we won't turn to it, but thinking about the Pharisees and the publicans and sinners here, one group didn't listen to Jesus and didn't see the need, but it reminds me of the parable where Jesus talks about two men coming and praying to God, and one, set, one set, bows his head and, and confesses his sinfulness, but the, the Pharisee comes, the religious leader comes and thanks God for all the things that he does and what he offers God and that, that then Jesus says that what the person who humbled himself go went away justified more than the one who proclaimed his own his own goodness I just put those two verses up we've we've read together Isaiah 53 and verse 67 but there's an intrinsic link between us going astray as shown through Peter, in, in that Peter reference it quotes from Isaiah 53 but it's something important for us to remember Isaiah 53 verse 6 it says all we like sheep have gone astray we have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all so going astray there is linked with is speaking about Jesus there prophesying about God's Messiah who would come who would would lay down his life for the sheep for, for his people and First Peter 2 says the same thing in a slightly different way he says who his own self Jesus bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye are healed for ye were a sheep going astray but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls so we see there that the death and sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ is linked very clearly to us being brought back to God. That, that it's describing there the shepherd in, in the language which we're considering, the shepherd laying down his life for the sheep. So just showing how we have to come to accept the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ if we want to return to God. We turn to John's Gospel, chapter 3. And here we've got the occasion when Nicodemus, who was a religious leader, who had a, an allegiance to the... T he, he could see 
the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ he, he was beginning to realize that this man was a righteous man sent from God and he, but at this stage he comes to Jesus by night but ultimately we see Nicodemus as a man who who did accept the Lord Jesus Christ as a Messiah but here he comes to Jesus at night and verse 3 John chapter 3, three verse 3 in answer to Nicodemus says to Jesus that um, sorry verse verse 2 Nicodemus says Rabbi we know that thou art a teacher come from God for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him and then Jesus answers Nicodemus by saying Jesus answered and said unto him verily verily I say unto thee except a man be born again he cannot see the kingdom of, of God and verse 5 a bit more explanation because Nicodemus says how can a man be born again can he return to his mother's womb but Jesus answers clearly verse 5 he says Jesus answered verily verily I say unto thee except a man be born of water and of the spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of, of God and so Jesus is here saying to Nicodemus the way to the kingdom of God a way which all of us must follow and it's th it's through coming to an understanding of God's word God's truth contained in his word and then submitting to baptism and then it says all oh, born of water which it means born of water and of the spirit and that being born of the spirit is 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 means that we come to a knowledge of of, of God's of God's word that we respond to God word, God's word, the word which was given by God's spirit. And so Nicodemus is told how he must enter into the, the kingdom of God. And we, we'll, this subject is deal, dealt with in more detail on other occasions about baptism. But that is a clear way that coming to an understanding of the truth and then repenting and then being baptized and then living a life in service to God as we await God, the, the, the return of Jesus to set up God's kingdom but verse, John chapter 3 verse 14 gives us another interesting thing for us to consider because verse 14 it says and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness even so must the son of man be lifted up that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life and if you've got a marginal reference we won't turn to this but that, that incident which it's related that the, the, the record relates to where the, mo, the, the serpent being lifted up in the wilderness is Numbers chapter 21 and it's the incident where where the children of Israel right on the borders of the land go against God murmur against God and and God sends amongst them fiery serpents as a punishment and the the children of Israel are bitten by these fiery serpents and and they cry unto God and the only way that 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 they can be saved from these deadly bites is is Moses is told by God to raise up a, a brass serpent on a pole and interestingly the brass serpent is, is the same image as the things that were killing them and 
And so the only way that they could be saved from these deadly bites is by showing faith in what God said. God said the only way that they could be saved from these bites would be to go and, and look upon this fiery serpent, this brass serpent on a pole. And so the people would have to show obedience and faith. Some might say, oh, I'm not going to do that. How can that save me? But others who would trust in God would go, would get themselves there that they might look upon this brass serpent. And so they had to show faith and belief in what God had, had promised. And, and it's the same with us, that we have to show faith and belief. It, it relates Moses lifting up this serpent to the Son of Man, Jesus, being lifted up on the cross, that we have to, uh, to show faith in the, in the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to associate with the sacrifice of Jesus. And as we said, that's through belief, understanding of the truth, belief, repentance, and ultimately baptism, that we might share in the victory that Jesus gained in his life over sin and, and, and death because the death of Jesus the sacrifice of Jesus will mean nothing because he gained a victory a personal victory over sin and death in his own life but we, God in his grace allows us to associate with that sacrifice in, in the way laid down in his word so perhaps we see how those thinking about this about the sacrifice of Jesus in this way helps, helps us to see why going astray and the sacrifice the, the sacrifice of Jesus the giving of the shepherd the shepherd giving his life for his sheep shows how that's to do with us coming back to God we who are naturally astray from God just a couple more passages before we finish for us to turn up to um, if we just turn to Acts chapter 2 As we said, it, it, it requires the reason why we've emphasised the need for us to, to realise our need for God. It's, it's rather like if, if we're ill and we, we know that we need to go to the doctors for a remedy, that's obviously a good thing. But if we've got something wrong with us and we don't realise that it, it's there, we won't obviously take of the remedy. But... But there's a group of people here in Acts chapter 2 who realise their need to respond to God. In Acts chapter 2, verse 37, it's from the Apostle Peter who was preaching about Jesus being the one that the Jews had crucified and put to death, but then showing to them that, they, that Jesus was in fact the Messiah who'd been raised from the dead, who they were preaching about. Verse 37 says, Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And in verse 38, Peter said unto them, Repent, or turn around, go in a different direction, as that word means, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of, of sins. So there we see that what was required of, and this is what, in essence is required of us and then verse 41 says then they that gladly received his word were baptized and the same day were added unto them so us turning back to God requires for us to gladly receive God's word and, and obey what God has, has put down 
in, in his word. Then Acts chapter 42, sorry, Acts chapter 2 verse 42 shows the importance of continuing in the one true faith because this is what those, these people in Acts chapter 2 did who responded. It says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread. And so John chapter 10 there shows to us that, that a sheep who've, who've returned to God, sheep who've recognised that they're astray but returned to God. Again, similar words to what we've read in Acts chapter 2. It says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And the wonderful thing about from the word of God that what God has revealed is that if we do respond to him and return to him recognize our need and return to him and then continue in the way of life that 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 by God's grace each of us can receive eternal life at the return of the Lord Jesus Christ to to the earth and just one final thing for us to consider we pray that earnestly that we might be among those who have responded to God now in our lives in the way which God has revealed in his word that by God's grace we might be given eternal life at the hand of the Lord Jesus Christ at his return. We hope you enjoyed that talk. For more downloads, information about what we believe and details of our meeting times, go to our website ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk